you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. And so I say that today because um, the Wendell family, can you guys stand up? Desiree, Marcus, you guys stand up. It's so awkward, isn't it? We love it. God, God moved them from Colorado and they're a part of our family now. And they are, they are pastors. Like they, they are, they could be, I just want to say this, they could be on staff anywhere. They could on right now on staff anywhere and God has planted them here. So I just want to say thank you guys. We love you guys. We're blessed by your guys' yes and, and everything that you guys bring to this house. We love you guys and we honor you guys for that. And so he's preaching today. And I'm, I'm excited. Can you just, let's, let's make a promise now that we're going to let God do whatever he wants to do. We're, we're going to lean in. We're not in a hurry, right? We're not in a hurry because we're more hungry spiritually than we are physically. So we're going to lead into the word and receive. I, I pay Pastor Tyler and he just heckles. I'm going to fire him. Can we just fire him? Let's just take a vote right now. No. We don't even take votes like that here. I love, I love you guys. I love you guys. Let's honor Pastor Marcus as he comes up. Come on, that's got to be the most awkward thing in the world. Everybody's just staring at me. Praise God. Everybody say hello to my wife. Say, what's up, Pastor Desiree? That's my sweet girl. I love her so much. But come on, who in here loves their pastors? Come on, we're going to try that one more time. Who in here loves their pastors? You ought to give honor where honor is due. I thank God for Pastor Gio and Pastor Destiny, and we love you guys so much. Thank you, man. I should make you stand up right now. Come on, somebody. But I'm not going to do that. Come on. Uh, who is grateful for Abide Worship? Come on, somebody. Man, we got a powerful ministry in here. And listen, I don't say that just to say that. I don't say that because it sounds good and I'm trying to get in with the crew. I've met a lot of worship teams. Come on, somebody. I've met a lot of worshipers. I've met a lot of worship pastors that know how to sing but don't know how to pray. Come on, somebody. That know how to sing but don't got no anointing but don't know how to gossip. Come on, somebody. But this team is real. They're raw and they're genuine. Come on, can we give praise to God for Abide Worship? Abide worship. I'm going to need y'all help at the end. So if we can get as many people from the worship team back up at the end, that would be absolutely amazing. And lastly, but not leastly, can we give some praise to Jesus Christ? Come on, somebody. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Jesus, we thank you. Come on, you are the name above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. At the name of Jesus, every tongue must confess. Come on, somebody. Listen, I feel the power of God in here already. If you don't know me very well, you're going to get to know me. I yell a lot and I might lose my voice. Come on. But we're going to praise Jesus today. We're going to lift up a shout. Come on, somebody. We're going to lift up a praise. You might be tired when you leave, and if so, that's the right thing to be. I'm convinced that the church leaves church not tired, and that's a bad thing. Come and say that again. I'm convinced that the church leaves church on Sundays with too much energy. Maybe that means we didn't praise with enough praise. Maybe that means we didn't give enough worship. Maybe that means that we had something else in us that we were saving for somewhere else. Maybe we were saving it for the football game. Come on, somebody. Maybe you were saving it for the Tampa Bay Bucks and their garbage. Come on, somebody. I'm about to offend some people in this place today. Listen, I just want to let you know I felt the Spirit of God. We're going to get into the Word today, but before I even preach, I just felt Isaiah 61 in my heart, and I just want to let you know we got some good news this morning. Christ is not Jesus' last name. I'm going to say that again. Half the, half the church missed it. Listen, 
Christ is not Jesus's last name. Come on, somebody. I don't know what it was, but I know this. It wasn't Christ. The word Christ isn't a name. It's a title. Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the healer. Come on. He is the reviver. Y'all have to talk to me this morning. He is the one that saves us. He is the one that heals us. He is the one that lifts us up while we are down. Come on. Am I at a bi church or a die church? I need some people to talk to me this morning. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the king of of all kings. I heard the Lord say this morning, remind my children what I've come to do. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. This gospel is not just for the good looking. This gospel is not just for the people that got some nice shoes. This gospel is not just for the people that got a white picket fence. This gospel is for the rich. This gospel is for the poor. This gospel is for the broke, busted, and disgusted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I want to stop right here for just a moment because the Lord told me this. I'm about to say something that is for a couple of people in here, and you're not going to hear anything else I say, and that's a good thing. The Lord wants to heal you today. The Bible says he is near to the brokenhearted, those that have a contrite spirit. I want to let you know you're not alone in your pain. You're not alone in your guilt. You're not alone in your shame. You're not alone in anything that you're going through because he is with. Come on, I love that song that y'all said. Listen, he's beside you. He's behind you. He's within you. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Come on, somebody. He is always with you. He said, I am the God that will heal your pain. And he's not just talking about physical pain. He's talking about Listen, I feel like there's some people in here that have lost some loved ones. You've had some broken relationships, and the Lord wants to bring healing to that thing today. The Lord wants to bring restoration to that thing today because he's not just about physical healing. Come on, he's not just about physical healing. He said, come to me, all who weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You will find physical rest and rest for your souls in the presence of Jesus. And he says, listen, if you would just know who I am, I love what Pastor G, you don't even know, you said my favorite verse before I even came up here. I count all things as nothing if I could just know him. Come on, somebody. If I could just behold the beauty of his holiness. Come on, if I could just behold the glorious splendor of his throne room, there is a shift that happens in my life when I stop singing songs and I start worshiping. Come on, there's a shift that happens when I stop singing songs and I start singing to God. I, lo I, I love the church and I love what we do, but we got to stop being lyric reciters. Come on, you ever been driving down the road and you listening to a, a radio station you ain't supposed to be listening to and a song from back in the 90s come on and you know you shouldn't be singing it no more. You know you shouldn't be reciting the lyrics, but all of a sudden you remember every Busta Rhymes lyric that you ever knew. Come on, you just start. And you just get it. You're like, oh, Lord, I just said like 20 curse words. Would you please forgive me? We're good at reciting lyrics because they're good to memorize. But when that thing gets into your heart because you're actually singing to him, something will shift in your life. Something will change in your life. Chains will be broken. Come on, church. Bodies will be healed. Lives will be saved at the power in the name of Jesus. I want to let you know he still holds the greatest name. Listen, I know your addiction has a name, but Jesus' name is greater. Listen, I know your ex-husband ex has a name, but Jesus' name is greater. I know your addiction has a name, but the name of Jesus is greater. That's why the Bible still says that he's been given the name above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, come on to help me somebody, every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of Jesus. Can somebody give him praise this morning? Jesus, we worship you, God.
We worship you, Jesus. Father, would you have your way this morning? Lord, begin to burn us. Lord, begin to set us on fire. Lord, I pray that every expectation that we have this morning will be dropped down in the name of Jesus. And we will say, Lord, I don't know what you're going to do, but do it, Jesus. Come on, I don't know what you're going to do, but would you do it, Jesus? Would you do whatever you've got to do? I move everything out of the way. And Lord, would you do something in me that I've never seen before? Matthew chapter 3, uh, John the Baptist says, listen, I know you guys enjoy my ministry. I know you guys like when we're at the beach on the Jordan. I'm dunking people and throwing volleyballs. It's a great time. But there's somebody coming after me that is greater than I, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Come on, and in fire. Somebody said fire. Come on, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And I'm glad that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm glad that we speak in tongues. I'm glad that we pray and prophesy. Who in here watch, uh, uh, reads memes? Come on, y'all better raise your hand. Don't leave me up here. I know y'all do. Who knows the meme? Who knows the meme with the lady yelling and the cat on the other side? Come on, somebody talk to me. I posted something on my, on my Instagram the other day that I'm sure had a lot of people offended. The lady was yelling, and for those of you that don't understand memes, this is the part where you just ignore me for like 30 seconds, and then we'll get back to something more relatable. But I was reading this meme, and it literally said this woman was yelling, and she said, I speak in tongues. And the cat said, yeah, but you gossip in English. Come on, I'm like, thank God that we are baptized with the Holy Spirit. But he doesn't just help you operate and move in the gifts. He helps you to be pure. He helps you to be holy. He helps you to repent. He helps you to apologize. He helps you to examine yourself. And we got to move past just the gifts and the signs and start looking at our character. Come on, there are too many Christians, too many Christians, too many people that have a fire in here that are on fire and love the Lord Jesus in here. But when they get out there, they're completely different people. The Bible doesn't say that I'll give you a tickle of fire. He said, I will baptize you in fire. That thing has to go with you. That thing has to follow you. Come on, somebody, talk to me. That thing has to follow you wherever you go. This fire isn't a temporary fire. You know what I like to call? I'm, I'm about to make somebody mad here. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know what I like to call Christians that are on fire in one place and fire in another place, uh, not on fire in another place? I like to call them marshmallow Christians. I'm going to tell you why. Have you ever been, you know, hanging out on the fireplace and you got your marshmallow, you got your little stick, and you put the marshmallow in the fire and then you take it out before the whole thing is submerged? So on one side, it's on fire. Somebody, oh, praise God. Okay. On one side, the marshmallow is on fire and the other side, the marshmallow is soft. And I've seen too many people. I'm not calling nobody out this morning. I'm not calling online now. I know I got a couple of friends watching. I'm not calling no names out. I'm examining myself. Like, Lord, am I on fire when I'm around my atheist aunt? Am I on fire when I'm in Walmart? Am I on fire when I'm hanging out around my friends that don't know Jesus and all they want to do is make nasty jokes about girls? Am I the one laughing with them, talking with them? I was talking to my brother yesterday about this thing. He said, listen, there is a line I'm not going to go past. I don't care how cool I look. I don't care if I fit in with the group. I'm not called to fit in. I'm called to stand out. Listen, this fire... This fire is something we can't make up. The Lord wants to baptize us in fire this morning. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Listen, here's the thing about the fire. You see, I'm already losing my voice. This is the worst thing. Like, I hate it. I sound like a little girl when I start preaching. He does got me. I lived in Colorado for a year, and it was beautiful. Baby girl, did you enjoy Colorado? I enjoy Colorado. It was absolutely amazing. 
the, the weather was beautiful. There were mountains everywhere. But there was one thing I didn't like about Colorado. Right before we moved, <clears throat> Colorado had a forest fire. Colorado had a forest fire. And we would be going to church. We would have an outside church, drive-in church, drive-through church, whatever you want to call it. And as we were worshiping, you could see the ash in the air. You couldn't even see the sun because it was full of ash from the fire that was miles and miles away. You could see the effects of the fire from a distance. Come on. You can see the effects from the fire from a distance. People were talking about it. It was on the news. It was affecting people. It was affecting what they did. And it was the fire was so powerful that it reached further than people could even think about, that they could even fathom. I wonder if we had a fire that reached further than our Instagram, that reached further than our Facebook, that reached further than Thanksgiving dinner, come on somebody, that actually had a name behind it that wasn't about us, but it was about the name of Jesus. Can somebody help me this morning? But here's the problem. I was talking to a friend of mine about these Colorado fires. And he said, you know, Colorado's just like California. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we have a lot of forest fires every year. We're having a bunch of fires. Who's anybody from California? Amen. So you know what I'm talking about. He, he, uh, he said, there's a lot of fires in California. A lot of fires, are, you know, in different places in the United States. I said, that's crazy, man. What do you do? He said, you know, we do what we can, blah, blah, blah. But you know what's so crazy about the fire? I said, what? He said, most of them are man-made. Most of the fires that we have aren't because of uh, self-combustion or all those other scientific terms that I'm not getting into today. He said, most of them happen because somebody was being stupid and they started a fire. Somebody thought that they were, doing, they were going to start this nice little fire over here. And it went further than they could take it. It went further than they imagined. And they didn't know how to stop it. And they said, listen, the reason why we have so many fires is because of the people. But there's 10% of the fires that are different. There's 10% of the fires that aren't man-made. The other 10% of the fires is called an act of God. Come on, somebody. The other 10% of the fire is called an act of God. So when it's not people doing it, it's nature, it's whatever you want to call it. They call it an act of God in the news. You can read it. You can pull it up. And I was talking about to my friend to this, and I heard the Lord say, son, that's like the church. I said, what do you mean? He said, son, 90% of the fires and revivals in the church are man-made. Come on, they come with a nice flyer and a nice guest. They come with an honorarium and they end right on time so people can go to lunch. Come on, somebody. But they're not an act of God. They won't let me move. They won't let me speak. They won't let me function. They won't let me flow. They won't let me loose. Come on, somebody. We, I'm tired of man-made fires. I'm tired of fires that somebody starts and somebody ends. I'm asking the Lord Jesus, would you send revival fire? Would you send a fire that shakes bones? Would you send a fire that heals people? And I said, Lord, we need a real fire. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of going through the motions. And I heard the Lord say, are you sure that's what you want? I heard the Lord say, are you sure about that? You ever, you ever heard the phrase, be careful what you wish for? Be careful what you wish for because it may come true. And the Lord told me that. I said, are you? Yeah, I want this thing. He said, are, are you really sure? I said, Lord, I'm off. I want the fire. I want revival. I want all these things. And the Lord reminded me of when I was seven years old. And he said, son, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to remind you something so that you will never play with my fire. Anybody ever, you're at home by yourself as a kid and you see your parents lighter. You see your parents matches. Anybody ever play with fire? Talk to me. Little arsonist, all of y'all. <laughs> I remember one time I was, I was at my, my, my parents' 
my parents' room, and I found my dad's matches because he smoked over there. I don't know why he didn't have a lighter. Like, self-efficiency. Come on, save some money. Anyway, I remember I found my parents, my, my dad's matches, and I'm playing with the fire. I'm just, I'm striking matches. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like going through his matches. I'm not even thinking, okay, he's going to notice the matches are gone, and I'm the only one in the house. This is going to end bad. So, all right, I'm going to do one more. You ever know you're doing something wrong and say, I'm going to do it one more time? You ever call that girl back one more time? You ever go to that website one more time? You ever say that one thing one more time? Say, I'm going to clean up my act later, but they just need to know I ain't going to let them play with me because you don't have humility. So I struck one last match, and as I'm playing with it, <laughs> it started to burn down. It got my fingers, so I, I dropped it. I dropped the match, and it got on my parents' bed. And I'm, t come on. Listen, y'all know it was, it was trouble. This thing started like, 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 it was taking the bed out quick. So I like, I was like crying. I'm like, ah! And I'm like throwing water. I'm like stomping on it. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing everything I can to get this water, I mean, to get this fire out. And by, by the time I did, it like took like half the bed sheet out. So I'm saying, okay, how am I going to get away with this? So this is what I did, because I was a smart kid. I, was in, I, I knew what to do. I'm not getting caught. I put the blanket on top, and I ran to the other side of the room, and I still got caught. It was terrible. But the Lord reminded me of this. He said, son, everybody wants to fire until it starts to burn stuff. Come on. Everybody wants to fire until you can't watch Netflix no more. Everybody wants to fire until you don't have any more free time. Everyone wants to fire until you got to call somebody and apologize. Everybody wants to fire until Pastor Gio don't got time to talk to you no more because he's too busy praying. Come on, everybody wants to fire until it's time to burn something. And the Lord is asking us today, and I say us because I'm home now. Come on, somebody. The Lord is saying, do you really want this because it's going to change some things in your life? It's going to rearrange some things in your life. And you've got to ask yourself, are you willing to burn for Jesus? Come on, are you willing to burn for Jesus? Isaiah chapter 4, I think they have the verse. Isaiah chapter 4, the Lord spoke to me. This is uh, about a year ago. There we go. About a year ago, I was, I was fasting. I was praying. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? And he said, son, I'm sending the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning to the church again. And he brought me to this verse. I'm going to read it to you. And it will come to pass that he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Somebody said holy. Everyone who is recorded among the living in Jerusalem, when the Lord had washed, has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, say Zion, and purged the blood of Jerusalem, say Jerusalem, from her midst by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning, then the Lord will create above every dwelling place of Mount Zion and above her assemblies. Every dwelling place and every assembly, a cloud and smoke by day and a shining of a fire by night. For over all the glory, there will be a covering. Now, this is what I find so amazing about this verse. It talks about judgment. It talks about burning. It talks about the fire of God. It talks about the glory of God. It talks about all these amazing things. But, but it doesn't say when he's cleansed Babylon. They missed it. It doesn't say when they cleanse Babylon. It doesn't say when they wipe the blood of the Philistines. 
It says, when he's washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, the daughters of Jerusalem. He was talking about the people of God. He was talking about the church. Can I let you know God has already been moving in here. And I can already has, I can already see that the spirit of judgment has been coming upon this place. And we don't like the word judgment in the church. We don't like the word judgment because we think it means stand up and I'm going to embarrass you in front of your friends. We think judgment means, you know, I'm going to talk to you about everything wrong you're doing. And you're going to sit over there because you're embarrassing. The word judgment doesn't mean any of those things. If you look in the original language, which I don't got time to do today, but you know how to read your Bible. Somebody said amen. amen. Then you will realize when the Bible says in 1 Peter that judgment begins in the house of God, the word judgment actually means a separation to be used for a specific purpose. To be used for a specific purpose. The judgment of God will cause you to repent. It will cause you to apologize. It will cause you to change some things. Stop watching some things. Stop texting some people. Stop talking back all the time. Stop having an attitude all day. Stop thinking that you're all that in a bag of chips. Are we still saying that? It's 2020. I feel like I need a new phrase. I need the young people to help me out. But we got to get to this place where we allow the judgments of God. Who knows what the longest book, the longest chapter in the Bible is Psalm 130, come on somebody, Psalm 139, do you know what Psalm 139 talks about? The judgments of God, you want to know what David says? I long for your judgments. Your judgments cleanse me. Your judgments brought me joy. David understood that the judgments of God wasn't to make him feel bad. It was to make him better. Come on, somebody. It wasn't to make him unhappy. It was to make him holy. And David was the same one that said, there is one thing that I seek. One thing that I desire is to dwell in the house of the Lord. Is to inquire of his temple. And if I got to go through some judgment, if you've got to strip me, if you've got to remove some things take whatever you need to take Lord because I'm yours and you can do whatever you want to do with me come on somebody oh, you got you can do whatever you want with me Lord but I need to burn I need to burn for you and when I saw the the spirit of burning I said Lord what does that mean what is the spirit of burning you know we all these you know if we're not careful we just start to repeat stuff in the Bible that we know nothing about you know when I first got saved watch this when I first got saved I heard a word that I thought was pretty cool. I said, I'm going to pray that word, and I'm going to be fired. So I used to pray with my wife. I used to, come on, baby, let's pray. And she would close her eyes, and we're about to enter in. I would say, Lord, bring your calamity upon us right now. And she would look at you. Lord, bring your calamity upon us. So I say, now, we need to understand what we're talking about because otherwise we sound so, I mean, thank God. He's like, okay, you sound stupid right now. I'm going to ignore that until you get back on track, right? Thank God he didn't bring his calamity upon us with the spirit of burning. I said, Lord, what is this? And I looked throughout the scriptures where you see the burning of God. And I understood that the burning of God is the application of the fire. The burning, the spirit of burning is the application of the fire of God. Why? Because anytime something gets in fire, it begins to there we go. I'm going to try, try one more time. We're good. I'll keep going. It begins to burn. 
It begins to burn. It begins to, it's, it's form changes. It's texture changes. You can't be in fire and come out the same way. You can't be in the presence of God and leave the same way. This is why I'm like, there's people that they're, like, you can be in a place like this and you're not on fire. Like, do you got earplugs in? Like, are you falling asleep in the back? There is a move of God in a by church and you better get on the train, baby, because it's about to take off. It's about to go somewhere. And I said, Lord, what? We need, the, we need the spirit of burning to hit the church. We need the spirit of burning to hit our lives. Because I love the way that, that Pastor Gio and Pastor Destiny said it. The, the fire of God revival doesn't just make louder and longer services. It'll give you a healthy marriage. Come on, it'll give you children that are on fire. It'll make people look at you differently. It'll make you act the right way. It'll make you look like God has called us to look like. It will conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. This is what the Bible says in Hebrews. He said, our God is a consuming fire. Why does he consume us to conform us? He conforms us into his image. He conforms us into his likeness. And we need to be willing to step into the fire and say, Lord, burn away everything that does not honor you. Purify my lips. Purify my heart. This is why Isaiah 6 is so important for the body of Christ. Isaiah gets in the presence of God. I've seen the Lord on his own, high and lifted up. The train of his robe filled the temple. They're smoking all this crazy stuff everywhere. And the seraphim are circling the altar. They're circling the throne, and they say one word, holy, holy, holy. All day, all night, they don't take smoke breaks. They don't go to the restroom for a couple of minutes. They don't go get a kitty cat nap and say, all right, it's your shift, seraphim number one. I'm going to go take a break. While we was hanging out in the clubs, they were worshiping. When we were on the corner doped up, they were worshiping. When we were getting saved, they were worshiping. What are the seraphim? They're more than just angels that look a little weird. If you read the descriptions, that thing would scare me. They're more than just weird-looking angel creatures. The word seraphim means what? burning ones why are they burning because they are near the throne of God you've got to understand that when you get into the presence of God you don't have to strive you don't have to do all this fancy stuff you've just got to worship and he will burn you he will change you he will rearrange you somebody need to talk to me this morning if you will get near the throne room of God and begin to enter into a place of genuine worship he will burn you he will change you he will rearrange you can somebody help me he will change your life Somebody give God some praise. Come on. The spirit of burning. The seraphim brought, he brought the burning coal and placed it on Isaiah's lips. He said, you've been purged. You've been purified. And the first thing that happens after he's purified by the burning, God says, who will we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah, after being cleansed by this burning, says, here I am. Send me. I wonder if maybe the reason why there's not people being used by God is because they haven't been willing to go through the burning process. They haven't been willing to go through the process of having everything removed from you. Because here's the thing. What was the first thing Isaiah said when he was in the presence of God? Woe is me. 
oh snap, help me Jesus. I don't know what I'm going to do. If I make the wrong move, he's going to knock me out. He's going to do something crazy. And God said, I didn't come here to rebuke you. I didn't come, be, I didn't bring you here to condemn you. I came here, I brought you here to cleanse you. And you got to stop fearing the power and the presence of God. Some of us get to this place in the Lord where we're right here. God's about to take us to the next level, but we're scared to go to the next level because the closer you get, what does 2 Corinthians say? We look at him as if in a dimly lit mirror. He brings us closer and closer from glory to glory. What happens when you get closer to a mirror? You start to see more. Come on, you start to see more. It starts to reveal more. Can I tell you, the closer you get to Jesus, the more you repent. Come on, the closer you get to Jesus, I'm starting to sweat like a dog in Iraq or something. Come on, somebody. The closer you get to Jesus, the closer you get to his glory, the more things it reveals in you. Can I tell you, the last year of my life has been the most amazing in the Lord, but it's also been the most troubling because God was identifying so many areas in my life that I needed to repent for, that I needed to change my mindset. The Lord literally told me last year, you got to stop blaming everybody else. I said, but she did do it, Lord. The Lord told me, you got to stop blaming everybody else for your problems, for what happened to you. You got to go past that. You got to grow past that. And listen, it doesn't matter what they did to you. It's how they respond to you. There was a time where I was just in this rough place. And when you're, when you're in ministry and you're doing things in ministry, it gets rough. You know, people don't see what goes on behind the scenes. They see the lights. They see this. They see that. They see the healings. They see the miracles. They say, oh, this is amazing. I want to do what you do. I want to be in ministry. I'm like, okay, spend one day with me not preaching, and you're going to change that real quick. Praise God, unless you're called to it for real. But listen, let me tell you. I this is why I tell people, they hear me yelling, they hear me all loud, they see me sweating like I ain't got no sense, and like, man, this is amazing, you're on fire, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, I am so insecure when it comes to preaching. Before I get up, I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm nervous. I go to the bathroom like 30 times. Y'all think I'm wearing this sweater because it's cute. I wear this sweater because before I preach, I get super cold because I'm nervous, and I start shaking, and I start going through this warfare where the enemy will literally tell me, what do you think you're doing? Who do you think you're going to go up there? and talk to you know what you're dealing with you know what you went through last week you know what you said to that person the other day you can't do it and I start to go into warfare listen last night I could barely sleep and I remember this one time I was just going through so much with ministry and it's happened one time I said Lord I quit I quit I can't do it no more I'm this is too much if this is what it takes to do this I don't want to do it no more and I remember I said Lord I'm still going to serve you I'm still going to pray I'm still going to go to church but I'm done and I went to sleep crying come on I went to sleep weeping like man this, my life is all this stuff and let me tell you what happened the Lord reminded me of Jeremiah 20 where Jeremiah says, all these people, they're not listening to me. My ministry is terrible. Nobody's getting saved. Nobody's showing up at the revivals. I've got no followers. I go on Facebook Live. I got two people watching. It's my wife and my mama, and they don't even like my ministry. Lord, I don't want to do this no more. Jeremiah's like, man, I can't do it no more. But what happened? Jeremiah said, but there is a burning fire in my bones. I couldn't stop if I wanted to. Let me tell you, the next day I woke up. I went to sleep crying. I woke up. Up crying saying Lord I'm sorry don't take my anointing away don't take the calling away if this is what it takes I will do it I want to burn Jesus I want to burn for you Jesus whatever it takes amen
Was that an angel? Lord, I want to burn for you. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of just letting the weight of the world overwhelm me and, letting, and waking up super happy. Like, oh, God saved this person one day. And then the next day, oh, well, this person don't like you no more. And they're talking about you. You know, this world will hurt you. It was worse is when the church hurts you. And I remember one time when I was considering quitting. I didn't actually say it this time, but I was say, man, Lord, the church, like, oh, these people did this to me. These people did this to me. I served. I loved. I did whatever. All this stuff I'm thinking is, and then it, 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 something happened bad. And I was like, Lord, like, come on. I don't want to do this no more. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, the people that hurt you are still being used by me. So you can quit if you want to, but somebody's still going to get used. Are you going to leave your anointing? Are you going to leave the assignment in your life because somebody hurt you that's imperfect and they're still going to be used? So you're quitting. You're not going to do it no more and they're still being used. So you let them stop you. You let them stop you from doing what I've called you to do. And I said, my bad, Lord, let me get back up and try this again. I can't let anybody stop me from what God has called me to do. I can't let anybody stop me from what God has called me to say. I felt the Jeremiah burning, and I said, Jesus, I couldn't be quiet if I wanted to. I couldn't be passive if I wanted to. I couldn't be complacent if I wanted to. When the spirit of burning hits you, you can't be quiet if you tried. You can't stop preaching if you tried. Somebody help me this morning. You can't stop talking about the power of God if you try because you are on fire and you've got a burning in you. You couldn't stop if you tried. I was in the military for four years. A lot of people tell me that doesn't count. Four years and when I got to my first base, you know, outside of the preaching and stuff, my closest friends will tell you I'm a pretty quiet guy laughing immediately like I will I'll sit there and I'll listen to my friends talk all day and I'll, I'll talk some too but since I was young I've always been the quietest one in my group so even in the military you know I got to my first base and I was kind of quiet kind of reserved I do my job I did you know I did a good job but but I was quiet and I had this this sergeant on my flight I was in the Air Force people please don't make fun of me I had this sergeant on my flight, and he would just stare at me. We'd be in PT, and I was working. I was doing my push-ups, and he was watching me. We'd be in the classroom, and I'd be taking a test, and I'd look up, and he'd be watching me. We'd be doing our drills, and we're, you know, we're shooting our blank rounds, and, you know, we're doing all these crazy things, and, and I'd look up, and he'd be watching me, and I remember one day, he pulled, he literally grabbed me by the arm after a training and drug me into a room. I thought I was about to get beat up. I said, this dude is like 6'5". He weighed like 300 pounds, so I could probably, like, outmaneuver, but eventually, he's going to get me, right? And he looked at me. He said, what is your problem? I'm like 19 years old. I weigh like one. 25 tops and I'm like hey I gained five pounds praise God I'm like 125 I'm 19 you know fresh in the military I'm like my knees are buckling like what sir he's like what is your problem I said I don't know what you're talking about like what did I do sergeant blah, blah, blah. he said I've been watching you I watched you outpush everybody at the push-ups. I watched you run the fastest mile and a half. I watched you outrun everybody doing the drills. I watched you get the highest test. Why are you being so quiet when there's so much greatness in you? 
Why are you being so quiet when you can outlead this flight better than I could? Why are you being so quiet when you've got such a fire in you that you are outdoing people that have been here twice as long as you, working twice as hard as you, but there's something about you. I don't know what it is, but you are outperforming every person on this flight, and you're not even trying. I said, sir, I don't know what it is. He said, it's because there's something on your, this is in the military. I don't even know Jesus at this point. He said, there's something on your life. And you have got to stop hiding it behind a basket. You've got to stop hiding it behind the ranks. You've got to stop hiding it behind your personality. Can I tell you, the fire of God has no personality. It has no dictation. There is a fire in you, and you've got to get to the place where you say, listen, I, I, I want to be quiet. I'm not the type to yell and be like this and that. And I'm not telling you to yell. I'm not telling you to look as crazy as me. These probably, Everybody here probably got like spit on them by now. I'm not saying be like me. I'm saying be who God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. And whatever you got to go through to let the Lord Jesus burn you, you got to go through it. If you believe it, somebody said amen and gave God some praise. The spirit of burning. Exodus chapter 3. You know, I love, I, like, I, loved, I love Moses so much because Moses, he has every excuse why God can't use him. Every excuse in the book. And I remember when I read Exodus 3, I see myself. Because the Lord says, oh, Marcus, I'm going to use you to do this. And I say, well, Lord, I got a, I got a problem with my, my, my voice. I don't like my voice. Okay, well, I got you. Lord, I, I, Marcus, I'm going to use you for this. Well, Lord, I don't know. I got these, I, I got these gap teeth. Like, I don't have the, 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 the flyer look. Like, they're going to have to get another black guy and put him on the floor. <laughs> but I recognize when I read Exodus chapter 3, why Moses couldn't walk away and go back to the back of the field, to the back of the desert, back to serving his father, back to watching his father's sheep. And it's because in, in Exodus chapter 3, let me pull it up here. We, we, we've, we've heard this a million times, but I want you to watch something. Exodus chapter 3 verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, but it was not consumed. The bush was burning, but it was not consumed. And I thought there was something interesting about that word burning. And I looked to see where that word burning came from. The word burning, that same word burning, is the same word where it says that the angel took the burning coal and purified the lips of Isaiah. The same word of burning in Isaiah that burned him and purified him is the same burning that came before Moses and burned away all his excuses. Can I tell you, when you get into the presence of God, when you get into the fire of God, when you begin to let Jesus burn you, he will burn every excuse that you have. But Jesus, I'm a fisherman. But Jesus, I'm a tax collector. But Jesus, I used to strip. But Jesus, I still struggle with this. But Jesus, I don't know how to speak. But Jesus, I can barely read my Bible. But Jesus, I come from this family. And let me tell you, the Lord got to the place where he said, if you give me one more excuse, me and you going to have some serious problems. I hear the Lord saying, it's time to drop your excuses. It's time to drop why you can't be used by God. This is the problem. We think it's all about us. So we have every excuse in the book. And the Lord said, if you will realize it was never about you in the first. 
If it was never about you in the first place, you wouldn't be talking to me about you. You'd be talking to me about me. He said, who should I tell him is sending me? Tell him I am who I am. I am that I am has sent you. He gave him two me's to get rid of you. Come on. He got two me's to get rid of you. And you've got to come into agreement with the power and the presence and the word of God over your life. This is why the Bible says all his promises are yes and amen. What does the word amen means? Let it be so. It's coming into agreement. This is, watch this. Every time Jesus would establish a kingdom principle, John chapter 3, when he says you've got to be born again to enter into the kingdom, what does he say? Verily, verily, truly, truly. What do those words actually mean? Amen and amen. Literally, what did Jesus also say? Watch it. Now I'm kind of teaching. I don't do anything I don't see the Father doing. I don't say anything I haven't heard from the Father. So anytime Jesus is establishing a kingdom principle, he's coming into agreement in the earth what God has already said in heaven. So that's why the Bible says your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven because we've got to come into agreement with the establishments of the government of the kingdom of God in heaven to come into the earth. So Jesus said, I've got to come into agreement with the Father to see the kingdom established. This is why a lot of us don't see the power of God on our lives. We're not used by God like we want to. Or we've heard 30 prophetic words. Oh, God's going to use you this. And you look five years later and you're in the same place. Why? Because you never came into agreement with it. Can I tell you, the moment I came into agreement with who God called me to be is a moment God started to use me. I spent nine months unemployed before I came into agreement with the word of God on my life. Three weeks later, I started my first ministry. I, I got hired for my first ministry position when I said, you know what, Lord? I don't like the way I sound, but you have called me. I don't like the way I look, but you have ordained me. I don't like the way I sound, but Lord, you've got a calling on my life. Some of you need to say, I know this, but this. I know I don't like this, but you still called me. I know I've got this past, but you still love me. I know I slept around a little bit, but you still call me pure. You still call me a son. You still call me a daughter. I know I dropped out in eighth grade and I can barely read my college classes, but you still said I would be a doctor. You still said that I would teach people. You still said that I would reach people. And I'm not coming into agreement with what the world says. I'm coming into agreement with what the word says over my life that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Worship team, as many of you as you can, can you please come and join me? Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. The fire, the fire on the bush didn't, didn't consume it, but it did. The fire on the bush didn't burn the bush. But it did. Why did the fire, why did the fire burn the bush but not consume it? Why did the fire consume the bush but not burn it? Why didn't the fire, why didn't the bush shrivel up and die immediately? Because hey, what does Hebrews say? Hebrews literally says our God is a consuming fire. So why is it that this bush didn't die out within minutes, within seconds of the fire? Because the fire of God, I want you to understand that we are the burning bush. We are, look at your neighbor say, I am the burning bush. You are the burning bush. I heard the Lord say, I don't want you to see the burning bush. I want you to be the burning bush. I want 
want you to be the one on fire. I want you to be the one burned. I want you to be the one consumed. This is what the fire of God does. This is what the burning of God does. It consumes everything of you. So only thing that's left is him. Come on. It consumes everything of you. So only thing you can do left is burn for him. And this is the moment where we say, Lord, I want to burn for you. Lord, I want to burn for you. Lord, I need you to cleanse me and purify me. Lord, I need you to set me on fire. Lord, I need you to burn me. I need you to consume me. I need you to take away everything that doesn't glorify you, that doesn't honor you. And the Lord is saying this morning, are you sure? Are you sure? When I begin to pray and seek the Lord, this is what I say. I didn't say, Lord, give me a sermon. I didn't say, Lord, give me three points in 20 minutes so I can get them out of there. I said, Lord, what do you want to say to Abide Church? That's what I asked him. Lord, what do you want to say to Abide Church? I heard the Lord clearly say this. Tell my people that the spirit of burning is coming. He said, tell my people that the spirit of burning is coming. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Lord, begin to cleanse and purify your people. This is what I feel like the Lord is saying in this moment. That some of you have been stuck for years. And you've hit a capacity in Jesus and you know you have. You know that your relationship has hit a cap. You know that you've kind of reached your limit. And you're like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to get to the next level. I don't know how to get closer to him. This is what I realized when I look at the disciples. You had the, you had the community, right? You had the 12 and you had the core. The community will follow him from town to town. They will follow him everywhere he went. They would get their healing and they would go home. But this is what the disciples did. Peter left his job. Matthew left his job. Peter left his wife. He didn't leave his wife. You know what I mean? He started hitting the road. Let me, let me clear that up for some of y'all that are looking away out of your marriage. You need to pray for it. Pray for your marriage. Don't just dip. The closer you get to Jesus, the less you can take with you. For those of you that have hit a cap, let me tell you what happened to me in 2018. 2018, I was in love with Jesus. I was on fire for God, but I knew I hit a cap. I knew that there was something holding me back from going to that closer place with him. And I was praying. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, son, you've hit your capacity. I said, I know, Lord. He said, you're not going to get any closer to me until you discipline yourself to fast. Can I struggle with fasting? So I made a decision that as our church went on a 21-day fast, and I was gonna, I wasn't gonna do the cute Daniel fast where I eat a bunch of fake meats, fake chips, 
fake juice. Come on, somebody. I'm actually going to challenge myself and stop trying to make this fast as easy as possible while still indulging in gluttony. And I remember I was getting headaches. I was getting lightheaded. I, I felt like I, I just felt terrible. Like, you know, that first time, like, you really fast and, like, it's just, ugh, life's just terrible. And I, I remember saying to the Lord, I said, Lord, if I die, then I die, but I'm not going to stop. If I have to die, and I knew he wasn't going to, I know I wasn't going to die, but you know, you got to get to that place. I said, if I have to die, then I will die, but I'm not going to stop. And let me tell you, when I did that, I broke through the threshold. I started to see him in a way I never saw him before. I started to hear him in a way I never heard him before. Now, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that everybody needs to go on a fast. I'm saying that maybe we've got some things that it's time for the Lord to start burning. Maybe you've got that thing that you know God is calling you to start doing, to stop doing, to get rid of, to let him purify. And you've been holding on to it for so long. And the Lord's saying it's time to go to the next level. Come on, it's time to go to the next level. It's time to really get on fire for Jesus. It's time to really be about this life. It's tired. Of, listen, it's tired to stop being internet church gangsters. Come on, you know the Christian that they can post a million verses. They can post the picture of the devil and Jesus arm wrestling like that really happens. And oh, my followers are going to, you know, you know, the followers of the devil, they're not going to share this. And Jesus is like, oh, well, my followers are going to share this. Like, stop posting dumb stuff if you don't live it. We got to get past that. We got to start living this thing for real. Like, if, the, if a by church were to go away tomorrow, would your relationship with Jesus go away? Would your fire remain? Or would it blow out with the next wind? Would it blow out with the next ministry trend? If another church pops up down the street that's got all the coffee you can dream of, are y'all switching church? Come on. Come on, let's just begin to pray. Let's just begin to pray in the spirit. Come on, if you pray in the spirit, now is the moment. Let's just begin to lift up a sound in this room. Come on, let's just begin to press in. Let's just begin to warfare. Let's just begin to allow the Lord to burn some things up in our life. Some of you need to come up to this altar right now. Come on, if you say, I want the fire and I'm tired of being where I am, I'm tired of being complacent. I want to go to the next level. I want to burn for Jesus. I want to go to that next place. I want you to come up to the front and give Jesus everything you've got. Come on, now is the moment. If you don't shout and you need to shout, begin to do it. If you don't pray in the Holy Ghost, you're going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit today. If you need a touch of fire, he's going to baptize you in fire today. This is your moment. Come on. This is the time. This is your hour. This is the moment in history where you get to change, where you get to see God begin to do something special. Come on. If you need to come up to this altar, come up here right now and let the Lord burn you. Come on. Come on. The Lord's calling you. I can, I can literally feel the tugging of Jesus right now. I can feel the tugging of Jesus right now. burning would you come spirit of burning would you come God spirit of burning would you come Lord consume us consume us God cleanse us God purify us God ignite us Jesus Lord we're tired of looking the same I hear the Lord saying 
I hear the Lord saying, some of you have said, I'm tired of boring church. Some of you have said, I'm tired of boring church. And the Lord's saying, I've never called it to be a boring church. I've called it to be a burning church. And the Lord's saying that, listen, I'm not burning the building. Like I pray this building has insurance, but I'm not burning the building. I'm burning you. I'm burning you. I'm burning you. The Lord is enlisting people today. The Lord is in, Pastor Destiny said something. I know she was kind of joking, but I know how it is in church. Yeah, yeah, the slide's kind of messed up. That's what happens when you do everything. We let certain people do everything in church, and we come and we receive like it's a movie theater. We come and we get what we want while somebody else prepares the meal for us. We treat church like Target pickup service, where we've got a list of everything we want, and we say, Lord, I want you to do this. I want the good worship. I want a good word. I want somebody to prophesy over me. I want you to heal my bad hip. I want you to get me a new pair of shoes. And I'm going to get there. I'm going to pull in because I know the worship team has been praising. I know that the pastors have been fasting. I know that the elders have been worshiping. I know everybody else is doing their part. So I get to come and enjoy it. And the Lord says, you wonder why stuff's missing from your cart. It's because you didn't go and get it yourself. And the Lord says, if you want to burn, you got to get it. Come on, if you want to burn, you got to get it. If you want to burn, you got to get it. You can't rely on nobody else. Come on, let's just begin to worship. Come on, begin to lift up your voice. Come on, let's just begin to stir the atmosphere. Come on, in the name of Jesus. begin to pray for real come on it's time to enter it's time to enter into a new realm I want to ask the prophetic company I want you to begin to move around I want you to lay hands on people I want you to begin to call the fire of God down and I'm going to challenge you and encourage you in the Lord that now is your moment to step to that new place if you've done if you if, you, if you're used to worshiping one way it's time to step past that if you're used to praising one way if you're used to praying one way you're gonna to have to get uncomfortable Come on, you're going to have to get uncomfortable and do something you've never done before. If you really want to change, if you really want to burn, if you really want to be on fire, you got to do something different. You got to do something different. I'm about to pray because I know we got to get going. I know the kids are going to start to be released. But come on, let's just pray for a couple more moments.
know it's uh no we kind of been here a while but i feel like god's moving and i feel like he's not quite done yet i believe it was wednesday or thursday where god gave me a a vision that shook me i was talking to my wife i was talking to my wife about this sunday and I started to talk to her, and I started to say something, and out of nowhere, God just took me up, and I, I had a vision. It was like I was right here. This is what I saw. I watched literally as the throne of God began to come through this back wall here. And the seraphim were circling, circling the throne. They were crying out, crying out. And this is what began to happen in the vision. I watched fire come from the throne of God. And it covered, the, it covered the entire roof. And I watched the fire of God begin to cover the walls. And then I watched the fire of God go back and it literally blocked the door. And then it began to come up on the floor. And I literally seen people become burning bushes. I saw there were some people they saw the fire and they jumped up on their chairs and they didn't want the fire to get them they didn't want the fire to touch them they were afraid of the fire but most of the people in the room allowed the fire of God to begin to consume them and they became burning bushes they became these burning bodies for the Lord saying in this moment I don't want you to bring a sacrifice I want you to be the sacrifice and I feel the Lord saying in this moment that if you will allow him he will place a burden on your life he will place a burning on your life been wanting more for God and here it is he says you've been wanting to see something different you've been complaining come on some of you have been complaining about church for 20 years and the moment that God wants to do something we leave I'm not telling you to stay here until four o'clock I'm telling you to stay here as long as the Lord tells you to until he begins to burn you until he begins to groan within you until he begins to burden you with intercession until he begins to purify you and begin to give you a cry and begin to give you a word and begin to give you a burden that you can't shake anymore that you can't be complacent anymore that you can't just go to and fro and just do your thing anymore but that it will begin to consume your life you may lose some tv time your son may have to stop playing t-ball you may have to stop watching your favorite show but if the lord is going to burn you let him take whatever he wants to take. Come on, this is your moment, church. This is your moment.
something before we before we close. Um, you know, a lot of times we come into into services like this. We talk about the fire of God, and the expectation is for people to be rolling around on the floor. <laughs> and I'm gonna love you just enough to tell you some truth. We we don't need we don't need rollings and shakings. We need firm decisions. I've seen, I've been, I've been in this scene now for 15 years, I think. I don't know. It's been a long time. And I've seen rollings and shakings, and I've seen people go right back to pornography, go right back to their cigarettes, go right back to their gossip. And as I, as I got on my knees today, I just asked, I said, Lord, would you just help people make a firm decision? Like that we would encounter you, because you need to encounter the Lord in your room more than you need to encounter him here. And so this week I was on a silent retreat. I paid, I paid, a, I paid a dumb amount of money to not talk for 48 hours. And as I was there, I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord proposing to people. Like he was, he would get down on a knee and he'd propose. And people were just too busy for him. You understand? I want you to stop for a moment. I want you to realize that our bridegroom, he's, he's not asking you to do ministry. He's asking you to marry him. And we're too busy with our lives to say yes. And it hit me. It just hit me. I'm like, Lord, free us. We have to be freed of this. You understand? We have to be freed from the busyness of life to be able to say yes to our bridegroom. So I just, I just want us to close our eyes for a moment. And I just want to pray over you. Father, I, I ask today that, that you would help us, give us grace to say yes, to say fully say yes to you. So many of us, we've said yes to work. We've said yes to ministry. We've said yes to relationships. And, and we, Lord, help us to see you there on one knee, proposing and saying, will you be mine? make room for me in your life. That's all he wants. Will you make room? Lord, help us to move past a moment into a firm decision that we restructure all of our lives around this yes. I'm telling you, some of you need to restructure your lives. Your life is structured around things that are worthless. And I'm only telling you that because I love you. It's all going to go away. It's all going to fade away. And all that's going to matter is, did you say yes to the Christ who was on one knee? To living your life hand in hand with him. So Jesus, help us as a body. Keep us in unity, Lord. Continue to do a deep work in our hearts. And Lord, we love you. It's not just words, we love you. I don't want to burn if it's not from a place of love. I don't want to burn for ministry. I don't even want to burn for people. I want to burn because I've locked eyes with you, whose eyes they blaze like fire. So mark us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Marcus and God a hand? Hey. I have, I have to do one more thing. I won't keep you but a minute, but I have to do this. I, I really sense the Lord 
those of you that don't know, they moved back from Colorado and they're starting a ministry. It's funny, we started doing something called Burning Hearts the first Monday and the Lord is speaking to him about starting a ministry called Burning Hearts. So he asked me, he's like, can I call my ministry? I'm like, bro, it's not mine. I don't own Burning and Hearts words. Like, I, don't, I don't own those words. And so I really felt today as he was ministering that we were just so into Burning Hearts. It hasn't even started yet. It's not even like a real ministry. But I really want us, I'm serious about this. I want us to be the first as a body to sow into that ministry. So I don't know if you got to sit down or if you got to pull out your phone. Me and my wife are going to sow. I have no shame. We're giving $100 to Burning Hearts today. Because I believe that it's good ground. And I want to be the first to sow into something that I believe in. So I'm going to ask all of us right now, if we can just ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me sow? And I want us to sow. This is not to abide. This is the Burning Hearts. It's to, to the starting of a ministry. Remember the Lord told this house that we were to, to believe for 1,000 cent ones. This is, this is a part of that dream. So as a house, I'm just going to ask. I never do this when we bring in speakers, but I just feel like we're supposed to sow into fertile ground. And they can do what you guys, this is whatever you guys feel the Lord tell you to do with it. But we're, but we're going to sow. So I'm going to ask you, everyone right now, can you give me my phone, bro, right there? I'm going to ask all of us, um, if, you, if you can't give online, you can just give to the vibe, or I'm going to have guys come up with buckets. I'm going to ask everybody to sow something. we got to become a giving church. You understand? How many of you are, we're believing God for more? How many of you believe that? We're believing God for more. It only comes as we give away what he gives us. Matter of fact, Marcus is Desiree. I want you guys to come up. We're going to pray over them real quick. They're, they're not going to be here every Sunday because I believe the Lord has called them to the nation. I believe the Lord has called them to the United States to carry this message. And there's, there's a, so much inside of them. So I want to partner with them in the call. And I just want you to stretch your hands as a house. And we just want to bless them. There's no agenda here. We just want to partner with what God's doing. There's, there's no agenda. Just stretch your hands and let's just pray. Father, we thank you for Marcus and Desiree. We thank you for the call on their life. God, we thank you for that message. God, I thank you that you're using him to stir and to shake every foundation that is not found in you, God. And I thank you that you're using them to, to set hearts ablaze. God, I thank you that not one person has ever stepped out in faith and has not found you faithful. Every time people step out in faith and they trust you with everything, you become all to them, God. So I ask that they would have a deeper revelation of you in that place. God, I ask for burning hearts that the ministry would explode. Not because we want to have a big ministry, Lord, but because people need to be marked by the beauty of Jesus. They need to have their lives centered around this. So as we sow today, we ask that you bless and you multiply every dollar. That you would stretch it, God, that you would give them wisdom on how to spend it. And God, that you would lead people to this ministry. And that they would be blessed, marked, and encouraged forever. In Jesus' name, we cover them as a body. We say they are family, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Well, hey, well, you guys have the buckets. They're going to pass the buckets around. If you don't have money, well, you can give. You can text to give, 84321. Or listen, you can go to AbideChurchFL.com. Everything that's given is going to go to them. So I just want to encourage you to sow and to give into fertile ground. Amen. How many of you, how many of you feel blessed? Good. We love you guys. Like I said, we'll be down the road at 6 p.m. today if you want some more Jesus. Next week. We're